Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Saturday, May 13th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and our Saturday contributor, and who joins us usually, Kevin Beach, will be with us as well in a few moments. And we're breaking down two games for you this weekend on this Saturday edition of the show. And a reminder, just so I don't get asked about it this week like last week, this is our only show uh, this weekend. Uh, we will not be on the air tomorrow. We'll be back on Monday following today's show so we will talk about both weekend games today we'll preview them as usual we've got game six dallas seattle tonight kraken looking to stave off elimination and then tomorrow night we'll look at game six with vegas and edmonton uh, with the oilers uh, looking to stay alive uh, in that series so we'll preview those two games but first as always we'll look back on last night's action and uh what's become an annual tradition here on the ice guys show we say goodbye to the Toronto Maple Leafs in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Although this year, at least, we say goodbye one round later than we normally do. Uh, but nevertheless, the Leafs season came to an end last night uh, with a 3-2 to two overtime loss against the Florida Panthers. Uh, when you look at the way that game started, you knew it was maybe not going to be Toronto's night. And once it got to 2 nothing, I really didn't think it was going to be uh, Toronto's night. Uh, it was just a tough start. As soon as Florida got those goals, the same old shit in terms of the atmosphere and the environment inside Scotiabank Arena, it turned into a morgue. It turned into a mortuary, whatever word you want to use. It was just you could hear a pin drop in the building. Uh, when Florida got that early lead, everybody was just dead silent, uh, and it filtered down to the uh, way the Leafs played at times in that first period. That being said, you know, they really had nothing going, and then they got the first goal, which was Morgan Riley's goal on the point shot. We thought maybe David Camp deflected it. It did not deflect off him, so Morgan Riley got the credit for the goal, and it ended up being 2-1. to one. And from that point, the crowd actually did finally make some of the loudest noise they did all night. Uh, clearly got into it after that goal. The Leafs were back into it. And look, from that point on, Toronto really, look, this is not, normally I take the every opportunity to just hammer this team. And another disappointment, another failure, and another uh, early exit in the playoffs, although we should give them credit for at least finally ending the first round jinx, at least, and winning their first series in 19 years. But it's kind of like last year. I mean, how badly can you rip this team? I mean, they went out valiantly again. I mean, the effort was was there. Clearly it was. Uh, they carried the play to Florida. What do they have, 50 shots on goal uh, on Sergei Bobrovsky? I mean, what what can you say? I mean, you know, the team just, they they, lay, they left it all out on the ice, you know, so I can't say they didn't show up, you know, and they're gutless or anything like that. This isn't Montreal two years ago when Montreal, or Toronto really was gutless. You know, there was no pushback. There was no desperation. There was no urgency. There was a complete flat performance in game seven in particular of that play of that first round when they got bounced by Montreal last year, you know, they went out in a, in a valiant way, uh, battled right to the end, lost in seven against Tampa Bay in the first round. This year, you know, uh, the, the thing you have to criticize Toronto is not their lack of effort, not their lack of will, not their lack of, you know, wanting it enough. They did. 
what hurt them in this series was that they just weren't good enough in the first three games of this series. And it cost them, you know, you just can't put yourselves behind three to nothing, you know, in the series and expect to, you know, win a series. It's going to be very difficult. And just the critical mistakes they made in each of the first three games, game one, especially game two, when they had that, that game was right there in the palm of their hand, the way they came out, they blasted Florida in the first period of game two and those mistakes at their own blue line and those turnovers by their best players, okay, their high-priced talent made those mistakes, and it ended up in the back of their net uh, in Game 2, and that was the game that it was really felt like the series might be getting away from Toronto, and then, of course, they ended up losing uh, Game 3 as well uh, in Florida uh, before finally avoiding the sweep, and then last night, you know, again, down 2 nothing, they battle back, Nylander ties it on a brilliant, you know, rush goal, uh, down the right wing side, beating Bobrovsky with a just a perfectly placed shot 2-2. But again, in overtime, I thought they had their chances. But at the end of the day, this series comes down to, look, you had your chances, you had your shots, but you needed more finish. You needed more production from your big guns. Okay, credit to Nylander, who was good in the last game or two. You know, Marner got a goal in game four uh, of that series, but really outside of that, Tavares disappointing couldn't stay on his feet half the series falling down left and right million chances for him multiple breakaway chances couldn't finish and of course the big one the glaring one you know is number 34 it's austin matthews zero goals in five games in that series he's got to do better than that he's getting paid to do better than that and he i don't want to hear chances or and opportunities and i don't want to hear oh bobrovsky stood on his head no, you got to be clinical and surgical. And at this time of year, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that, oh, the goalie robbed me m- multiple times. Oh, the goalie stole the multiple goals from me. Nobody wants to hear that shit. Leaf fans don't want to hear that shit. They hear it every year uh, in the excuse department. You are getting paid to put the puck in the fucking net, period. And you have to at this time of year if you're going to live up to the reputation of being one of the best players in the National Hockey League. This is the time of year you have to show it. It's not just 82 games in the regular season. I show it, and then I don't show it in the postseason. It doesn't work that way. You've got to be able to show it uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And now this is multiple playoffs where, you know, number 34, Austin Matthews, has to look himself into a mirror. And how can I impact the postseason the way I do in the regular season? Because right now, he's not. Period. End of story. He's not. And somehow he's got to look at himself and say, how do I get better? How do I become that impact player in the playoffs? Like Nathan McKinnon has been, like Braden Point has been, like Taves and Kane were in the Chicago days. How do I become that player that can lead my team and will us to victory in the playoffs? And he ain't there. He ain't close right now. Uh, And uh, it's going to be a hard offseason for him. It's going to be a hard offseason for a lot of the Leafs' uh, best players who, quite frankly, they have still did. They were a little bit better than last year, a lot better than two years ago, I will say that, but not enough to go to the place they want to go. Uh, and that, of course, is at least a Stanley Cup final. So the Leafs bow out again. The drought now moves to what? I, I've lost count. Oh, yeah, uh, 56 years now uh, without a Stanley Cup for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. But, uh, hey. You can they can put a banner up in the Scotia Bank Arena at the beginning of next season, uh, first round series victory for the first time since 2004. You can put that banner up there uh, at the Scotia Bank Arena. I'm sure still there's some Lee fans that are going to say, "Hey, what a great season it was!" Because we finally won a first round series. But to me, it's still, you know, 
good on you. You won a series, but it's still disappointing. And now an offseason of fucking uh, epic proportions is about to begin for the Leafs. Their GM doesn't have a contract. Kyle Dubas, his contract's up. Who the hell knows what's going to happen with him? Is Brendan Shanahan going to stick around as president of hockey operations? We don't know that. Uh, Matthews is going to be a UFA after next season. His future now in doubt. You know, Ilya Samsonov, who this year was your best goalie for much of the season, is without a contract right now. I mean, salary cap, you're totally fucked right up against it. And you're totally uh, in a, you know, cash strapped beyond belief. So you talk about tough to Sheldon Keefe. What the hell happens to him? You got to think if Dubas ain't coming back, his job's in peril because he's Dubas's guy. I mean, you talk about an off season of just get your popcorn ready. Holy shit, get your popcorn ready when it comes to this Toronto Maple Leafs off season. There's going to be a lot of changes. There's going to be a lot of tough decisions that are going to have to be made, and it is going to be a busy one, and it is going to be one filled with activity as far as what the Toronto Maple Leafs do uh, in the coming months. Um, Alex, what do you think here? Like I say, uh, people expected me to just rant and rave and yell and scream. I've done that already. I'm tired. This team's made me tired the last few years. Uh, and, but besides, uh, it's hard for me to rant and rave and yell and scream when the effort was commendable, even in defeat last night for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, in that Game 5 a loss. We're happy, of course. We had Florida plus money uh, to uh, finish that series last night, a nice plus 150 price. And one last thing, too, and I know there's Leaf fans that have said this, and I'm not going to talk about the goal, the controversial call too much, okay? I understand why they called it no goal. It was called no goal on the ice. You have to have irrefutable evidence to overturn it when, once that call is called no goal on the ice. And second of all, look, the, the referee apparently blew the whistle or intended to blow the whistle before we saw Bobrovsky lift his pad up where the puck was in. That's just the way it was. That's why it was called no goal. I, I think it's horseshit, to be honest. I think it probably should have been a goal because they, they, they shouldn't have blown the whistle in the first place. The puck's in the net. But at the end of the day, I don't want to hear Leaf fans lost the series because of that or they got screwed. And that's why they lost the game and lost the series. No, there's more reasons to that. There's way more reasons to that. I hate when people just go to the, oh, the ref screwed us. We got jobbed. We got hosed. Uh, we got screwed. That's why we lost. No, that is never the reason you lose. Could a bad call go against you sometimes and, you know, be part of the puzzle? Yeah. But saying that single-handedly lost you the game in the series? Come on now. Come on now. Uh, Alex, uh, Leafs out, Florida. Credit to Florida, by the way. Yeah. Eastern Conference Finals. Paul Maurice's third conference final now in his head coaching career. Did it with Carolina. Did it with, And he got to the yeah, cup man. final with Carolina that year, yeah. 2002. Cup, uh, conference final with Winnipeg a few years ago against Vegas, and now his third conference final with Florida. Yeah, he's turned it into a, uh, a coach that's had a nice career, and this is really uh, a feather in his cap, really, that he's gotten to a third conference final. And why not win a Stanley Cup for this Florida team? Why why not them at this point? Yeah, right. Yeah, they're just as live as anybody. And, and, and what more fitting of a spot for Paul Maurice to come in uh, to and now have to play, like you said, the team that he did lead to a Stanley Cup final. It, it, it's, it's just a great storyline, I'm sure. Uh, ESPN and TNT will badger to death as we will also. But, uh, you know, looking back at the last series, I mean, you know, Toronto, you know, they are who we thought they were, right? This is, this is the same old hat for two decades now. And at this point, we have to start looking at their credit rating, right? Like they, they are not that A plus, double A, triple A franchise anymore, right? This is, we have to downgrade Toronto as a whole if we haven't already. Like the, the elite shit, we can't even start using that word with this franchise, this team at all. 
as good as these players have been in all these great regular season feats and achievements, all stars, uh, you know, individual awards, they've done jack shit once the the you know season changes to spring, year after year after year, and uh, we have to we can't you know keep them at this high level that we've been keeping them for so long okay you know history yes it's important we never forget it but it's history most of their shit is history in the past and, we, and, and the future is going to be bleak as you mentioned they're up against it with the cap they've got contract issues they got to figure out they've just got general just you know they don't have a face of their franchise in my opinion you know we, we can automatically just think austin matthews because we see him on commercials and video game covers but he's not the face of that franchise because they've always had marner they tried to do like you said they tried to do the dual thing like like taves and kane that didn't really work out then they had you know Tavares. they try to do the big three look like they're in the nba that didn't really work and then you add these pieces and nothing has really completely gelled okay of course you've had injuries over time every team has injuries you have coaching issues over time Every team has coaching issues, but they just have not been able to really be. We call them the core four, but have they really been a core? Honestly, no, they really haven't. They've been individual parts, and sometimes they gel together and string some wins together. And because the rest of the Atlantic division has sucked for so long, they found themselves in the playoffs year after year. This team is not a top-tier team. They just aren't. Uh, and this franchise is certainly not a top-tier franchise. And, and we have to just call it for what it is. They need a massive overhaul, and it probably it probably involves a, a, a teardown from GM all the way down. You, you scrub this roster complete, you get a new coach, you get a new GM. You have to build a philosophy here. There's no winning culture or philosophy with Toronto. We joke about it with the fans all the time, the wine and cheese crowd, everything. I don't Maybe you change the fucking logo at this point. Honestly, it's that deep-rooted that there's, there's so much shit that just needs to be mixed up and i'm not saying you know in the sense of just you know we forget everything in the past you still bring the past into it but there has to be some semblance of like the future ahead there's no feel of future with this franchise when you watch them just just sit and watch them as a fan the fuck having a bet on them just walk, sit and watch the toronto maple leafs and watch their games at scotia baker and seeing it from a tv perspective there's no you know real energy and, and life and we talk about that with the crowd and it trickles down on the ice you know, the, the best teams in the league, when they're the best teams in the league, the crowd supports them like they're the best teams in the league. And, and there's a reason why Toronto fans don't do it. Yes, they've been snake bit for years, but it's also because the players on the ice don't give you much to cheer about in, in that big of a fashion. So it, it's deeper than just they got bounced 4-1 in the second round of, of the playoffs. They need a bunch of changes, and we really don't even have that much time to go through all of them. But, you know, like I said, you can't blame this on one call. Okay, they, they came back off the call. They tied the game. They sent it to overtime. You can't blame it on that weird icing call. They were able to, to, to negate that. Like there's no there's no blame here to be thrown anywhere else. They have to look inward. It, it, it's everything in blue and white to blame right now. And, and everybody's got to do some soul searching uh, in that area and in that organization. Well, I know you said it two years ago. We did our show post first round with Toronto and Montreal, and that was sickening how they laid down. And they didn't show any battle or any fight in that series against Montreal, at least last year and this year when they got knocked out. You know, they battled until the end. I mean, in the Florida series, they got down 3 nothing. They didn't quit. You know, we saw them in game four and in game five. It was good efforts. Tampa Bay series lost in seven good efforts. That Montreal series was heinous, though. Down three, up 3-1 in that series, and they 
Then it got to game seven and they were total no show. The whole team was a no show in that game seven. And you said, Alex, after that, that show we did after they lost to Montreal, that the team's got to go to some retreat or something as a as players bond together and yeah. figure out how are we going to get better as a team? How are we going to get over this hump? And now two years later, barely anything's changed. Okay. You won one round since <laughs> we had that little discussion two years ago after they, you won one fucking playoff round in two years. Uh, and you still haven't even been to a conference finals. You know, with this great supposed core four that everyone talks about. Five, if you include Morgan Riley. He's the guy I feel bad for. Yeah. He's been yeah. here the longest. Played he played his ass off in these playoffs. Outstanding. Uh, one of their best players in both rounds this year. And, uh, you know, and you could see it in his face. Just the just the dejection, man, uh, after being knocked out again last night uh, in by the uh, Florida Panthers there. And by the way, Racco Gudis, show some class, man. It was pathetic with the way you reacted after the goal went in. Uh, in overtime, right? You're just screaming like a fucking moron, right? In Joseph Wall's face. Come on. I mean, let's show a little class. There's just a young kid in net who actually played quite well. Yeah, just not, not necessary, in my opinion, to do that. But uh, Florida ends up getting the uh, win uh, it, yeah, last night. Uh, apparently, people on the chat are taken aback by the change the logo sentiment for uh, that Alex. They know, yeah, they know what I mean. I'm not, I'm obviously, not good. But what I mean is, re- if we've seen how many, it's funny. I don't own the Leafs jersey because I literally. One of the most iconic uh, logos in sports. It is, but it's been rebranded so many times. And I literally don't yeah. own Leafs jersey because I always joke, I'm like, I don't know what version of Leafs jersey I want. Like, they yeah. rebranded it a bunch of times. They went and did a fucking reversible jersey with, with Justin Bieber, for crying yeah. out loud. So they could change the logo if they wanted to. Yeah. But you know what I meant. They rebranded Rebranded. There you go. That's that, that, Let's make sure we clarify that. Uh, we got Kevin Beach with us. Uh, Kevin, uh, welcome in. Uh, what did you think last night? Leafs bounced by the Panthers. Yeah, right into the Leafs, eh? Love it. Love it. Um, yeah. So for me, yeah, it was uh, something where I thought after round one, you know, the monkey's falling off your back. You're going to see more of this this Toronto Maple Leafs team from the regular season that you're used to the last few years, just this really high-octane team that can play. And it looks now like it was more just kind of a fluke that they, they beat Tampa this time around, and that's this is the team they are. Um, you know, and even Tampa outplayed them that first round, and that's just the team they are. Game four of this series was the first time I felt like that was a playoff version of the Toronto Maple Leafs playing. I think Marner had four hits in the first period. That was his his high of the whole season. It was four hits in a game. Um, guys were blocking. Like, I haven't seen that team block shots or play that hard before in, like, in the playoffs in, in recent memory. So game four was the first time where I was like, okay, wow, like, this is – this is what I've been seeing from the other teams, you know, like you see the desperation from the other teams. Um, and then game five, again, another another good playoff game for them. Uh, but too little, too late. Like, as uh, I think I saw Ryan mentioned in the, the chat there that Bob stole the series. Yeah, Bob was unbelievable. But game two, like game two, the Leafs came out flying, faded away. Game three, you didn't – you had three shots after the first period. You just faded away. Yeah. So it, it wasn't like Bob stole four games. Uh, did he steal a couple? Hundred percent. But yeah. you also gave you also gave away a couple. Uh, that, that's how you get the four. So um, for me, yeah, just just too little, too late. And it, for me, it, it kind of sums it up as no, this this group is just not capable of doing it. They're just I not. Put, yeah. You put all the pieces in in the pile. You know, you push it all in. Uh, Dubas gave them the best chance with all the pieces they added. You're not going to have this strong of a team again 
anytime soon with with all the all the pieces they, they traded in. So um, it's just I don't know what you what you do. Like you're it's stuck. It's pretty it's pretty tough to move one of those pieces and not just keep running it back. Like it's 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 pretty tough to move in the salary cap era. But uh, it's it's looking like no, this is this is your team you're stuck with, and uh, this group is just incapable of of doing it. They all wanted their piece of the pie. All right. They uh, nobody wanted to take a pay cut. No one. Nobody agreed to less salary, less term when they signed their deal uh, from that big group: Marner, Nylander, Tavares, and Matthews. And now they're paying the price for it because you're right. It's going to be hard to to move. There is one maybe potentially movable contract, and that's Nylander. That's about it. Uh, good luck with Marner, Matthews, and especially Tavares. I mean, Tavares is getting paid a shit ton, and he's not only you know a little bit older, but you know his offensive skill sets diminished a little bit. You know, I think he's actually had a pretty good year this year. Certainly better than last year was disappointing for him, but still, I mean, good luck trying to move his contract. So that's the problem. They're, they are kind of stuck, and they're gonna have to get creative. You know, if they're gonna make changes here, and then right now they have no GM. Because he's off the clock now. You know, he has no contract. Season's over. Kyle Dubas is basically not working for the Toronto Maple Leafs at the moment because he hasn't even been offered a new contract. So they better figure shit out quickly. Like I say, get your popcorn ready. This is going to be a highly entertaining and very busy offseason for the Toronto Maple Leafs because they have a lot to go. And let's talk about Florida. Unbelievable job. Great stuff from them. Uh, Carter Verhage scores in Toronto again. Uh, Bobrovsky just outstanding. Uh, he has found his Vesna form. Let's be real. He's found his Vesna form right at the right time. The blue line, I've ne- look, I've never seen Florida, by the way, defend this well, uh, by the way, in front of their goaltenders in years. They had yes. none of this shit last year in terms of characteristics of the hockey club. This year, they're blocking shots. They're boxing out. They're keeping players to the outside. They're helping their goalie out. And Paul Maurice has played a huge role in that. And I didn't think it was going to work. I'll be honest. Alex, too. We, we thought this was going to be a tough fit for Paul Maurice in Florida. Are you going to get these guys to buy in defensively? And they have. And yeah, Paul yeah. Maurice deserves all the credit in the world. And I and he rattled the feathers of the team that game in the regular season in Toronto against this same Leaf team when it looked like they were going to lose that game and lose their chance to make the playoffs. And from that moment on, they went on that tear down the stretch of the regular season. And now look at what they're doing in the playoffs now that they've gotten in. They've knocked off the historically good Boston Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs, who were the betting favorite, by the way, to win the Stanley Cup going into the second round after Boston and Colorado got knocked out. And you know what? It's a shame that the Jack Adams Award, honestly, is a regular season award. Because yeah. if it involved the playoffs, Jim Montgomery's out. And you definitely have Paul Maurice in, and Paul Maurice is the front runner. Uh, and yeah. that even with what Ruff and Hackstall have done uh, with their respective teams, but I mean, he's been amazing. And, and it's at the right time, right? Like they struggled all year to buy into the system, uh, especially offensively. You know, they, they had the defense down pat for most of it, but we talked about it, you know, with a lot of Paul Maurice teams. What got him, you know, sent out of Winnipeg? The defense was there, and they couldn't get any offense going. And as soon as they had any offense, they had no defensive help in back. The goalie couldn't could only make so many saves, and they were getting ran out. So they were able to buy in to the system most of the year, but they just weren't able to execute it until now at the absolute right time. Yep. No, he's he's done a great job. And I got all the time in the world for Paul Maurice because in terms of guys you want to actually want to listen to in a press conference, he's at the near at or near the top of the list. Just gives you a ton. Uh, he's you know he's very forthright and honest, uh, and just. 
you get stuff. You actually, hey, you actually learn what the team's, the characteristics of the team, what he expects of the team, what he expects of the players, you know, things about the players and the way they're playing on the ice from the coach's standpoint. You get that with Paul when, it, when he talks to the media. You don't get that, you know, with a lot of different coaches in the league. So congratulations to the Florida Panthers. And now we set up, I guess, as Chris Cuthbert said when he called the overtime winner, what do you call it, a Southeast Conference Final? Southeastern Conference Final? It's really <laughs> nice. what it is. Florida Panthers and Carolina Hurricanes and uh, not exactly the conference finals anybody expected, but still it's a division rivalry should be a fun series. Looking forward to that. The other game last night was Vegas and Edmonton. Uh, look, Edmonton up two to one. Great start. Power play connects twice and then penalty trouble. Uh, the Broberg penalty call, which really started the uh, wave to, uh, against Edmonton, kind of a weak call, but you can't, you got to call the high stick that was made by Yan Mark on Eichel. It was a clear eye stick. Unfortunately, it gave them a five on three and Vegas ended up capitalizing and then scoring again, not long after that three, two Riley Smith. And then after that, a great point shot by Nick Haig. And it was four, two Stuart Skinner gets replaced Jack Campbell for the rest of the game. Edmonton had a five minute power play. Colasar boards at home uh, from uh, in the, in that uh, late second period gets the five minute major. Uh, and the game misconduct, and Edmonton scores once on it. Looked like momentum going back to Edmonton, but man, they just couldn't finish. Aiden Hill stood tall, and uh, Vegas hangs on and gets a huge win, especially with Petrangelo out. What a huge win that was for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights 4-3, and now they have a chance to finish this series in Edmonton Sunday night in uh, Game 6. Um, I like the way they handled it. It was a five-minute major. I don't think he'll get suspended. They, they took care of it right there, especially because Ekholm came back into the game. And it was. And if you're an Oilers fan, man, you were holding your breath when Ekholm was down there. I mean, you cannot afford that guy being out. He's that important to your blue line, which doesn't have a great amount of depth to begin with. Um, but uh, look, I was talking with our guy, John Massey, about this. What do you do now if you're Jay Woodcroft? That's three times now in the playoffs, twice in this series that Stuart Skinner has been pulled. And I know the uh, he's always gone back to Skinner. And that's what I think Woodcroft's going to do on Sunday night. He'll go back to Skinner again. But if there's ever a time not to do that, this could be it. Because And Kelly Rudy said this on TV. At what point does it get into your goalie's head a little bit? That now he's been pulled twice in this series, three times in the playoffs. And when does it start to affect him negatively moving forward? Are we at that point with Skinner? Can he just wipe the slate clean and say, come back and I'm ready to go. I'm still confident because now that's three times he's been pulled. And this is a tough decision now because your season's on the line. It's win or go home for Edmonton on Sunday night. Does Jay Woodcroft do what he's always done? Back to Skinner. He's my guy. Rookie of the year. Uh, you know, nominee in the NHL. Or do he, does he go to Jack Campbell? Uh, in game six and Jack Campbell, let's be real. The moments he's played in the playoffs, he's played really well, really well for the Edmonton Oilers. Nothing like the struggles of Jack Campbell early in the season. So this is not an easy decision for Woodcroft, but my hunch is knowing his tendencies and his pattern uh, of, you know, working his goaltending. He's going back to Skinner in my opinion on Sunday night, but we'll see uh, Alex, a uh, big win for Vegas missed opportunity for Edmonton without Petrangelo on the ice. Their best shutdown defenseman plays against McDavid and dry all the time to see that lead that they had slip away, not winning that game. And now Edmonton's going to have to try to do what they did against LA last year. And that's win two games in a row down three, two.
Yeah, and and they have obviously the offensive talent to do that. They can they can keep up with anybody in, in the world uh, up front. But now you have the goaltending question once again, and and that's always going to rear its ugly head with Edmonton it teams. Uh, whenever we're talking about this team losing, and, and you know it's unfortunate you can't place any blame on Stuart Skinner. You know, and we talked about this, right? We not say that with all the workload that he you know uh, has taken on this season. Because we didn't expect him to get nearly as many stars as he did even in the first half of the year. We thought maybe Campbell would carry the heavier workload. And then second half, they'd probably be in a good spot, you know, playoff-wise. Then they can start giving Skinner more starts and kind of utilize him as a 1B option. Well, shit hit the fan early with Campbell, and they had to go to Skinner. Skinner was the de facto number one throughout the entire year. Uh, and now it just seems like the workload has kind of worn him down. He's gotten fatigued, and, and that's just something that just happens. Uh, if the Oilers lose this series, it's not a, a colossal collapse or failure. They played a good team, and they just were not able to beat them within the, the parameters of the series. It, it's simple as that. And Vegas uh, fighting tough, uh, you know, giving a valiant effort and getting quality stops when needed. Uh, Aiden Hill's stock value has risen tremendously. And wherever he lands, I don't think he stays in Vegas, to be honest, because he's going to probably command uh, a decent-sized contract and, and want to be somewhere uh, full-term after bouncing around. He's definitely shown his worth uh, throughout this year. He is the perfect goaltender to have if you want to run a 1A, 1B system right now. I think he is the, he is the mold and model for that setup right now. Uh, and teams will be trying to look for the prototype uh, with him in free agency and moving forward. So, uh, you know, kudos to him for really building his stock back. This is a guy who seemed like he was just going to be casted off nowhere in, in, in Arizona a couple of years ago and has really built himself up into being uh, a top tier goaltender. So, you know, Vegas, one went away and, you know, the older people have to just be shaking their fists, you know, looking and seeing that we could possibly have Dallas, Vegas, Carolina, Florida, the conference final. Gary Bettman must be stuck. A South, sheets. Southeast, Southwest Stanley Cup final four. How about Gary, that? Gary Bettman must be stuck to his sheets right now because this is the vision he's had for, what, 30 years of, of getting hockey all over the country and having top, you know, quality teams in, in, in these places that were not traditionally uh, a hockey hotbed. So, uh, you know, the NHL is getting their, their, you know, what they've been wanting for a long time with that potentially. Uh, obviously, we'll see how the ratings do with that. But I think Vegas is in quality shape now to wrap this series up and possibly play Dallas or Seattle in the Western Conference. It We're one Vegas win away from exact and maybe one Dallas. I don't want to discount Seattle either. They're still alive. But we're one Dallas and one Vegas win away from a Sunbelt Stanley Cup, folks. Uh, that's what we're going to be looking at here. Uh, this year, no doubt, um, but we'll see both Edmonton and Seattle now uh, facing uh, elimination. Um, and by the way, three goals for Edmonton last night. It's very disappointing, disheartening to see the team total fall short uh, last night. But again, three goals and three of them all on the power play. Again, just not good enough, not consistent enough at five on five, even strength uh, in this series for the Edmonton Oilers. And that's got to improve starting tomorrow night. Uh, Kevin? Oilers down 3-2. What did you think last night? Yeah, it seemed like a game uh, Edmonton was in control of, and it just just slipped away so quick. Um, so I, I don't I don't fall Skinner um, on those goals. Like some, I fault him for bounces. one thing. One thing on the fourth goal when he got pulled, he did the old like that. You know, like, like, almost like I never saw the puck. Almost like you know to his defenseman. I, that's yeah. bad. You don't yeah. want to ever do that as a goaltender. And I don't know if that's why, you know, Woodcroft pulled him. But 
Uh, that bothered. That's the first time I've really seen bad body language and something really negative in terms of his, you know, emotions and his actions in the crease from Skinner. Yeah, that, that can get you yanked. For, for me, though, I, it's it's uh, it's his net, especially in an elimination game. Um, I understand we're talking about Ian the, the psyche of now he's been pulled a few times here, um, but kind of just saw Taylor mentioned in, in the chat like it's it's too late for Campbell. Um, if Campbell had like an okay season. And now with what he's done going into these these couple these small sample sizes, going into a couple of games, playing well, then okay, I think it's more of a decision. It's an option. But he was so bad in the season for so long that yeah, I, I just don't I don't think you can you can pull the trigger and give him a start here. Um, Playoff Campbell has looked great though in the moments he's been in there, so that's why it's tough. Yeah, he has, he has, um, but he also hasn't shown confidence, you know, in Toronto in in these kind of a, these big games as well. So I think maybe if it was like a game, game three, game four, somewhere earlier in the season where you can, you know, you still have some, some margin for error, then, then it's more of a thought, but with no margin for error, I think, uh, I, I think you gotta go with Skinner here. You stick with him. Um, and, and Doug, I saw your, your question in the, in the chat there about Koskinen. He's, He's enjoying life in Lugano, Switzerland, so he's he's not gonna be back anytime soon. Although yeah. your goaltending problems aren't my concern anymore. That's what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. He is he is enjoying life with, there with, his, with his family. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's quite happy out of the uh, the eye of the Canadian markets here and that, that kind of pressure. But uh, yeah, no, I think it's still Skinner's net. Um, again, yeah. Other than that body language, it wasn't like he was letting in, he didn't let in bad goals. So, um, but but. Campbell did play very well there. Yep. The rest of the game, he he played very well. Uh, can he do that when he has two game when he has two days to think about it? And, and going in, I, I I don't know. But uh, even just him being in there, though, just makes me nervous. Like when Campbell's in there, it just it just makes me nervous. So um, for me, I, I'd be putting Skinner back in there. And I think I think uh, Jay Woodcroft's going to do what you said. Uh, he'll go back to Skinner because that's been the tendency for him. Uh, throughout the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. All right, we got two games this weekend. Alex, we're going to fast track him out of here in the next uh, five to ten minutes. He's got to run, so we're going to do Seattle-Dallas. Uh, I'll talk about it. Alex will talk about it. Then we'll just get Alex's thoughts on Vegas-Edmonton and then a best bet from him, and then off he goes. Uh, let's go to uh, game six here, Dallas and Seattle. Uh, we've got Dallas minus 165 road favorites, uh, five and a half the total in this one. Um, no bargain on the Dallas side, but – um, I got that sneaking suspicion they're going to end this series tonight. I do. Uh, we saw that, obviously, in game six in the Minnesota series. They had no issues going on the road. In fact, I thought they played an excellent game. I remember they were out shooting Minnesota. They doubled Minnesota in shots on goal uh, in that sixth game. It was a clinic. It was just a perfect closeout game on the road played by the Dallas Stars. Now, this is a tougher opponent, I think. I really believe that compared to Minnesota. But So this will be a little more difficult. But Dallas has the veterans. Dallas has the goaltender and Jake Ottinger. Uh, obviously, they're, they're, they've played better and better, in my opinion, as this series has gone on. Uh, and I think they're going to find a way to finish it tonight. Although, again, with all due respect to Seattle, they will not make it easy. This team just doesn't go away. Even in the last game, you know, they were down 3 nothing. Uh, they made it 3-2, and they had Dallas sweating again, you know, in the second period, early third period of Game 5 before Dallas finally put it away. Uh, I like Dallas to end the series here. I'm going to, you know, I've already uh, got them in the Stanley Cup futures and the Western Conference futures, so I'm, I'm going to keep it very small here with Dallas minus one. 
Uh, that's the way I'm going to play it here. Dallas minus one full game puck line. And you know what I'm doing with the total. You already know at five and a half, uh, five games, five overs uh, in this series. I think it's a sixth. I like the over again, five and a half minus 120 here with uh, game six, Dallas and Seattle. Uh, Alex, game six stars cracking. Yeah, you mentioned the clinical execution of, of Dallas last series against the Minnesota Wild. And, and you know, it's, it's killer instincts. We talk about it all the time. Some teams have it in the playoffs, some, and some teams don't. Dallas has it. And uh, with, with as great of a year as Seattle has had right now, I mean, and the way that they played, they will still give a valiant effort in this game. But I like Dallas uh, to, to come out here and, and finish this off strong. I took a shot with Dallas, laying the one and a half of the puck line at plus 165. It's now down to uh, plus 155. Plus 160. I also sprinkled a little bit on Dallas to win exactly by three goals at plus 550. I think we could see a situation where, you know, Seattle just keeps that net empty and uh, Dallas gets a chance to get one, if not two, empty net goals. So it's kind of an extension of that puck line play as well. But, uh, you know, like I said, I've got a bunch uh, committed to Dallas. I think we're still in good shape. I love the series wrapping up in six. I had bet that already. So we're hoping we can cash a bunch of things tonight as Dallas looks to advance to the next round. Yeah, you know what I might do, actually? I might, uh, I've already got over five and a half, Dallas minus one. I might sprinkle a little bit on the uh, team total as well. Dallas, it's three and a half at plus money. It's a really nice plus price, actually, on Dallas's team total. And if da- if Seattle's trailing in the third period, you're right, they're going to have the net empty even longer, and there's going to be opportunities, uh, maybe multiple opportunities for Dallas to get to four goals, you know, if they haven't gotten to it already. So to see over three and a half plus 125 with Dallas's team total, you know, yeah. That's a pretty good price on that, uh, in my opinion. Uh, all right, Alex, like I said, he's gonna uh, he's got a roll in a few minutes, so we'll get his thoughts now on Game 6, uh, Vegas and Edmonton. Now, this is tomorrow night. Not a time confirmed yet, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they're dragging their heels and haven't announced a start time yet uh, for this game. I'm assuming it's because it's the only game Sunday night in the NHL. It's going to be 8 p.m. Eastern. But again, not confirmed as of yet. Uh, Edmonton minus 190, home favorite, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, Alex, I'll just throw it right to you. Uh, what are you liking here, and what do you think happens here? Game six, Vegas-Edmonton. Yeah, I'll be on that second period. Uh, oh, sorry, the third period total, over two and a half plus 105. This is you know just a classic elimination spot that we always look for, especially with the goals that we've seen here. Uh, uh, you know, Over, obviously, it makes sense, too, at six and a half. Uh, what I'm seeing, uh, based on a couple of sites, is that we might be seeing a 7 p.m. Eastern start. So I think that's what they kind of just – it's just logistical. We'll hear something probably in the next – before you guys log off, probably uh, we'll have a confirmation on that. But I, I think Vegas should be able to wrap this up, and I probably will sprinkle a little bit at 160. Obviously, Edmonton's going to be uh, formidable and tough early. So this is one of those games I'll be probably be picking at more live. But the only thing I'll have pregame for sure will be that third period. Uh, over two and a half at plus 105 and i'd grab that sooner than later because that might even go to a uh, price we'd have to lay it all right so like in uh the uh third period over here for Dallas, <laughs> yeah. vegas edmonton lean in vegas as far as the side goes that they can close it out here uh, on the road against uh, edmonton all right alex uh Great stuff. I know you got to run. You're at home yeah. with the with the fam, so you got some stuff to do. So before you leave us, what do you like here for best bet for this weekend? Yeah, let's go uh, with the game tonight. Dallas Stars on the puck line, uh, minus one and a half, plus 160 or plus 165, whichever one you can grab is, is just fine. Uh, Dallas has the killer instinct that a lot of teams wish they do. 
Uh, and there's a reason why they've made it through this round and the reason why they're going to the Western Conference Finals because they can shut things down. They can control the pace and tempo. They can take the air out of the building when they're on the road, and they will do exactly that tonight. So give me the Dallas Stars on the puck line. Minus one and a half, plus 165. That is my best bet. Wishing everybody out there a happy and safe Mother's Day. There you go. Uh, Dallas Stars puck line tonight for best bet. Alex, great stuff. Enjoy the rest of the weekend and, of course, the hockey, and we'll see you on Monday. All right, later, y'all. There he is, Alex B. Smith uh, with us. And, uh, you know, great, good point in the chat by JT uh, saying the third period overs in these elimination games have not been doing as good this year. And I'm kind of pumping the brakes on them for now. Like I lost another one last night in that Florida-Toronto game. You know, one goal in the third period. That was it. And uh, so I'm I'm kind of pumping the brakes a little bit on it. I'm not saying abandon ship completely. I'll still pick my spots, but I'm not going to bet it every single game like I've been doing. So, uh, we'll see how it goes moving forward, but uh, just very interesting to note that the third period overs, they haven't been that automatic cash cow like they were last year or certainly two or three years ago. Uh, Kevin, uh, your thoughts on this game tonight, Dallas, Seattle, Dallas leading three, two, looking to close it out. Uh, what are you liking here tonight? Yeah, this is one of the few money lines that I'm going to play in the playoffs where I'm taking a team that's favored. So I, I've been on some plays with, with the underdogs as far as money lines. But this is one of the few where I see a spot where even though I'm, I'm paying a price here, I, I, like, I like the favorite team. Um, I've just seen enough from Dallas now in this series. Other than that game three where, where the Kraken really took it to them, other than that, they, they've been the better team every game. Um, and and like, like, like you guys have said, they, they have that killer instinct. Uh, they get a job done when they have that opportunity to kind of finish off a team. Um, so this this is one where I am going to jump on uh, the Dallas Stars money line, even though we got to pay that, that minus 165. As far as props, it's uh, I'm staying away from props right now. Um, a couple of those guys I did like early on in, in the series, uh, Jaden Schwartz, uh, Bjorkstrand, um, even a guy I loved during the season, Vince Dunn. Those guys have been pretty spotty here and there. Um, you also have McCann back in the lineup. So, uh, that adds another, another body of, of guys going to put pucks on that. Um, so I, and, and those, these kind of limit, elimination games, I find become unpredictable props as well. Um, there can either be, you know, a lot of blocks and, and no shots on that, or it can kind of go in overtime and, and go long. So. Yeah, last night was a, as I think, Kevin, we just lost his uh, connection for a second. But, you know, what's funny about last night is you, you're right. The elimination games can be tricky as far as uh, as far as far uh, shots on goal props. Last night was the night to bet shots on goal props. I mean, it was a high event, high shots on goal volume type of game with both games, Florida, Toronto, and Edmonton, Vegas. And if you look at the numbers, uh, all the big guns for all, pretty much every team that played last night, they all went over their shot prop. You know, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, they all went over their shot prop for Toronto. Florida had many of their top guys go over their shots on goal prop. Uh, Edmonton certainly did. I don't think there's a single, you know, big, you know, major star forward or top forward on Edmonton that didn't go over their shot prop last night. Kane and Dreisaitl and McDavid and, you know, Hyman, they all went over their shots on goal prop last night. So last night was the night you could have really done well with shots on goal props. So uh, hoping tonight, that's I'm still going to be – you can't just say, oh, last night all the shots on goal props cashed. Now tonight you hammer them. No, it's they're different matchups. They're different teams. You still have to play it individually one by one. So uh, keep that in mind. So we'll end up seeing how it goes with that. But 
you know, when I look at this game here, you know what? And some of our people in the chat have mentioned it. You're absolutely right. I will be looking at a second period over tonight. If, especially if the first period is like zero, zero or one, nothing, I think I might bet it anyway, because for some reason in this series, ever since game one, game one was the anomaly. Game one was the exception where first period was crazy high scoring. Uh, and then the second period didn't have anything. But other than that, game two, three, four, and five, the last four games in this series, it's the second period that said the explosion of scoring between these two teams. So, yeah, for that reason, the second period over probably is worth a look here uh, in this uh, game tonight between the uh, Stars and the Kraken. And certainly it'll be worth a look if it gets off to a, a slow, sc- uh, a low-scoring start here uh, in the opening period. But as far as props go for me, um, Dallas in a closeout game, uh, you look at what you expect and you expect, you know, your leaders to step up. You expect, you know, Ben, uh, Sagan, uh, you know, certainly Rope Hittens uh, all to be involved. Pavelski, of course, uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, I think Pavelski and Hints basically to score a goal and, and any point props with them are worth a look at this point in time. Um, you look at uh, Joe Pavelski as well. Uh, he's a guy that I think can go over his shots on goal prop. You look at what he's done in this series, seven goals and seven goals and eight points for Joe Pavelski in this series. So, you know, if you're not betting his props right now, I don't know what, I don't know what I can tell you. I don't know what to tell you. You know, if you're not betting Joe Pavelski right now, uh, either to score a goal or get a point. I mean, you just have to at this point in time. Uh, he's been absolutely spectacular. Uh, he's always been a clutch playoff performer, and he is proving that once again right now for the uh, Dallas Stars. He's my number one prop look tonight because in a closeout game, I find he steps it up even more. Really, if you look back at Joe Pavelski's career, some of his best games have been uh, in games where his team is either looking to eliminate their opponent or games where his team is facing elimination. The closeout game, the elimination game, he seems to even take his game to another level in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. If I'm looking at Seattle props tonight, I have to look at Jordan Eberle, who's done, I think, most of his damage in the playoffs has been, you know, at home here at Climate Pledge Arena. <laughs> he might be worth a little. You know what an underrated prop is right now? Yanni Gord to get a point, you know, for Seattle, which isn't going to be that big of a price. You know, you'll get it close to even money. You might even get a plus price on it. Uh, Yanni Gord in his last six games has two, three, four, five, six points. Six points in six games for Yanni Gord. Speaks to the depth that the uh, the Kraken have. Uh, Eberly has a point in three straight games. Uh, like I say, uh, those are the guys I would really target more than anybody else for the Seattle Kraken. Jared McCann did score uh, in uh, game five, uh, one of the two Seattle goals. His second game back from <clears throat> returning from that injury. So, you know, maybe Jared McCann. We know Jared McCann was a goal and and point prop machine at one point this year. You know, maybe tonight with his team facing elimination, Jared McCann is ready to make an impact. So I don't mind that as well. Yeah, Wyatt Johnston uh, for sure. I mean, you don't have to put a lot of money on Wyatt Johnston's props because he's always plus 300 or better to score a goal. And he scored in game uh, five. Uh, he's been very good in this uh, these playoffs. So there's an option I don't mind as well. Uh, those are the ones I look at. Bjorkstrand, we talked about how uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand in the last round, especially toward the end of the Colorado series, was playing very well. Uh, he's cooled off a little bit in this series, one point in the last four games. Uh, that's it from him. Uh, you know, someone I would also maybe look at on the Seattle side of the equation here tonight, 
uh, as far as props go. Uh, might be Jaden Schwartz with three points in the last three games. Uh, he might be worth a look. I'm, I'm talking about as far as point props go because the price is good enough where you can take the point prop and, and not have to lay a big price. Same goes with Matty Beneers. I mean, he has got three points in the last three games as well uh, for the uh, Seattle Kraken. Uh, we might have lost Kevin Beach for good. Again, he's not. He's a, outside. He's on the road right now. So spot the uh, reception's a little spotty. So it might just be you and I for the rest of the show. But we've only got one game left, and it's the game on Sunday. Uh, Vegas and Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton minus 190, home favorites. Six and a half the total in this game. Do or die for the Oilers. Kind of sounded like Alex B. Smith was leaning to Vegas. Um, I really think it was a missed opportunity that 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 might come back and haunt Edmonton, um, but it wouldn't shock me if they still respond. They have been they have been and Stuart Skinner. If Jay Woodcroft decides to go back to Stuart Skinner, they have been both the Edmonton team and Skinner himself, the goaltender. They have been the ultimate bounce back uh, entities here in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They've been excellent off a loss. Throughout these playoffs, Edmonton has always responded after a setback in the last game. And at the very least, I expect them to respond early here in game six. So I'm going back to the well with a bet that I cashed with in game four of this series in Edmonton. After the Oilers had lost game three by a score of five to one at home, they bounced back and they jumped on Edmonton. Uh, in the first period, and that's what I'm going to target here in Game 6 on Sunday night is the Edmonton Oilers' first period puck line, minus a half, plus 140 uh, at bet 3.65. So uh, a good price with that. So Oilers' first period puck line, certainly from a side perspective, that's my favorite look here. I don't really love the value with Edmonton. Money line is too expensive. Edmonton and regulation I want no part of because I think it still could be a pretty close competitive hockey game. Uh, you're looking at minus one. 25 with Edmonton in regulation. Um, so I don't love that price necessarily. Uh, I think the best option is, especially in this series where we've seen a great response from Edmonton, especially early in the game. Think about how they played in game two after they lost game one, jumped on Vegas in the first period. Think about how they played in game four after they lost game three at home, jumped on Vegas uh, in the first period. So that's been definitely the pattern here is the Oilers have been ready to roll uh, and the first 20 minutes. Uh, so I like Edmonton here, minus a half, plus 140 first period. That's the way I'm going to play it. No other Edmonton bet except that. And maybe a little on the team total uh, over three and a half. It fell short last night. The problem with the team total here is it's probably going to be a little bit more juiced. I'm seeing minus 132 for the uh, Oilers team total over three and a half. I'll still put a little bit on that. Um, but I like the first period puck line look even more. And uh, yeah, both teams to score first period. Uh, it has cashed. First period, both teams to score. And, of course, it cashed last night. Couldn't have been any easier than it was to, to, to win that first period, both teams to score. Plus 145 with the uh, Oilers and Golden Knights last night. It was 1-1 in the first uh, four minutes of the game. Uh, both teams have scored in the first period between Vegas and Edmonton in all but one game in this series, and it was game two. Okay, game two in Vegas is the only game where – uh, both teams uh, didn't find the uh, back of the net uh, in the uh, opening period. Uh, and then, of course, every regular season game between these two teams, we also saw both teams find the back of the net in the first period. Each and every regular season game between Vegas and Edmonton, uh, we saw uh, the um, we saw the uh, both teams score in the opening period. So, uh, again, very important to keep that. And actually, you know what? I apologize. Game four, 
Game four in Edmonton was 3 nothing Edmonton after the first. I kept thinking Vegas scored in the first. They did not. So there's actually two games, two games in this series where we have not seen uh, both teams score in the opening period. Game two and then in game four, we also uh, didn't see that uh, take place. So just something to a point out that uh, those are the two games. Yeah, it was 4 nothing Edmonton uh after the first period of game two and it was three nothing edmonton after the first period of game four those are the two games we did not see uh both teams score in the first period so um but i still think it's worth a look here but like i say first period puck line is my favorite uh, option here in this game as far as the uh side goes six and a half total again this is an elimination game but again the third period overs have not been doing all that well uh, here uh, in the, uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs so far in these elimination games. Uh, so if I look at the total six and a half, I'd probably lean over with that full game, but uh, probably going to wait for, you know, something uh, in-game potentially, maybe a little bit better price because it's six and a half with juice. And as far as the props go for Vegas and Edmonton, now again, not all books have posted props for this game this early. Some of them have, but not everybody. I'm seeing there's really only a couple books that have props up already for this game. DraftKings, and not really many other places, but I'll say this right now. Um, if I'm looking at props here, I'm still interested in Bouchard, uh, of course. Uh, any Evan Bouchard props. Uh, Dreisaitl's cooled off now, okay? He had that ridiculous start in this series, and he's actually not scored now in three straight games. So he's kind of cooled off, and you got to give Vegas credit. You know, Vegas has done a good job defensively on him the last few games, and they're starting to defend the power play a little bit better. You know, it's never going to be easy to uh, go up against this Oilers power play. One of the great power plays of all time in a single season with one team. But Vegas is starting to do a better job, at least, of trying to keep that power play uh, under wraps. So uh, I think when you look at um, the way this series goes, Edmonton, even if they get the power plays and even if they cash in on a, one or two of them tomorrow night, they are going to have to get better at five on five, even strength. There's no question. It has to happen. You know, if they're going to win tomorrow night and if they're going to win game seven and advance to the Western Conference finals, you know, you just can't be outplayed for as much of this series at even strength by Vegas as they've been and expect to win the series. As much as your power play is just so uh, incredibly good, you have to bring better five on five even strength play. And that's going to be the challenge. And if Edmonton doesn't, they're going home. Whether it's game six or game seven, they're going home. You know, that's going to be uh, interesting to watch. Uh, it's nice to see that, again, they've had some depth scoring here the last few games. But, again, you don't want to see another game five situation where their only goals come on the power play. They've got to start, you know, improving their five-on-five even strength play. Of course, keep in mind this game, both the uh, defensemen, both respective defensemen that were suspended the last game are both going to be eligible to return and both will be back in the lineup for their teams here in game six. Alex Petrangelo for Vegas will return following his one game suspension for that vicious slash on Leon Dreisaitl. And of course, Darnell Nurse uh, will return from his one game suspension for Edmonton following his uh, instigation of a fight at late in game uh, four of this series that cost him game five. So, uh, so they'll both be back. Uh, for their respective teams here in game six. Uh, again, um, like I say, right now, as far as uh, as far as Vegas props go too, Jack Eichel's really starting to pick it up. Marcia so keeps going over his shot props. Uh, I'd say you keep betting those. There's still good value in terms of Riley Smith point props are starting to heat up again. 
Ivan Barbashev has been a consistent point-producing player uh, here in the Stanley Cup playoffs. He had another point last night uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. So again, there's only DraftKings that really is the only book I see that has props, player props posted already for this game, which is tomorrow night on Sunday night. But, uh, you know, Riley Smith point, Barbashev point, definitely worth a look. I always say Chandler Stevenson and William Carlson in terms of goal props are a little undervalued right now. Uh, on the Edmonton side, it, you know, in a game of this magnitude, you know who it's going to have to be. I wouldn't look past, you know, the big guns. They're going to have to be big. Zach Hyman is starting to heat up. Maybe a goal prop with him. You know, Nugent Hopkins got off the schneid in game four, but it's really especially going to have to be Bouchard, McDavid, and Dreisaitl. Those three guys. And I think if you like Edmonton and you think they find the back of the net early and often in game six, those are the players you target. McDavid goal, Dreisaitl goal, Bouchard point prop, Bouchard assist prop, Bouchard even you can go with a power play point prop on Bouchard to get a little bit um, more value with that. So those are all ideas I have and uh, spots that I have circled for player props. Again, we're waiting for all the uh, different sports books to post those and put them up uh, for the uh, broader market. So uh, we're, we're just waiting on that. But as of right now, I'm definitely looking in those directions for uh, player props. And by the way, uh, again, if you bet the uh, Edmonton top players over their shots on goal last night in game five, they all flew over their shots on goal totals. Every one of them. Connor went over his shots on goal. Leon did. Patrick, or not Patrick Kane, <laughs> wrong Kane. Uh, Vander Kane did. Um, you know, they all went over their shots on goal props. Hyman did. I think you'd probably sprinkle on all those guys again. It's backs against the wall. There is no tomorrow. It's got to be a shoot first mentality. Uh, definitely, I would think Oilers shots on goal props and or Aiden Hill over saves. You know, Edmonton's going to have to be the aggressor uh, tomorrow night, and I'm sure they will be on home ice. And I'm sure they'll be that way from the opening puck drop because that's exactly what they were uh, in game four when they were down two to one in this series at home. Now they're down three to two in this series at home. So I definitely expect uh, Edmonton to be firing that puck on goal. Uh, as often as possible. So that tomorrow night's game could be a good night for Edmonton shots on goal props, uh, especially the big guns on the Oilers for that game. All right, great stuff. Um, apologies for the uh, uh, technical difficulties with our guy, Kevin Beach, but we thank him for joining us uh, on the uh, show, Alex, uh, as well. Uh, again, a reminder, just so I don't get uh, someone, no one asks me tomorrow on Sunday, Ian, where's the Ice Guys show? Uh, or do you have a show today? There is no show tomorrow, no Sunday show. And there probably won't be a Sunday show the rest of the season. You know, obviously next year we'll have Sunday shows again during the regular season, but you know, where it's uh, later in the year, it's been a very, uh, it's been a grind for us. Never mind the teams and the players and the coaches in the NHL. It's been a grind for us. We're here every fucking day, every single day, seven days a week throughout the season. So to be able to give ourselves one day off, you know, throughout the week now, um, we're, we're taking it. And besides, we've got you covered. You know, we talked the Saturday game tonight. We talked about the one Sunday game. You will we'll still go through every single game throughout the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We won't leave you hanging. You know, we'll talk every game on the board uh, throughout the rest of the playoffs, just like we did all playoffs and all regular season. That never changes, but we'll put them all into one show on Saturday as opposed to having a Saturday and a Sunday show. So, uh, it'll be nice to have Sundays off uh, the rest of the season, including tomorrow. So, uh, again, no Ice Guys show tomorrow on Sunday, but we will be back on Monday, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern time, uh, to get a brand new week going. And we'll see where we're at after uh, on Monday. We'll see if we've got a Game 7 
with Dallas, Seattle, and a game, or a game seven in Vegas, Edmonton, or if we're on to the second round, or sorry, not the second round, the conference finals. We'll see if we're off to the conference finals by Monday. So regardless, we will be here and we will be back with another edition of the Ice Guys show on Monday uh, at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Make sure you check out patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 a month. Uh, goalie charts, totals, charts, power ratings, daily Ice Guys show, betting card, and lots of bonus content. We just posted two new videos this week that in interviews that I did with uh, former pro hockey player Colton Tubert, as well as Brandon DeFazio, who was on our show a couple weeks ago. Uh, make sure you check out those. we got a lot more coming throughout the uh, rest of the season and into the summer. We've got um, some player interviews lined up for our Patreon members exclusively throughout the summer months, just to keep some content flowing during the off-season. And we're very excited about that. So uh, make sure you check that out. Patreon.com slash Ice Guys. That's just $10 a month. There are always people that say, how can I tip you or give you a donation for uh, the hard work and the great content, the great show you have? That's the way you do it. You sign up at Patreon.com slash Ice Guys. It's just uh, $10 a month. And also check out the Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Tons of great merch. The weather's warming up. Give yourself some great Ice Guys gear at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, we will wrap up the show with best bet for me coming up right after we hear from both. We'll do the both. Actually, we haven't done either ad yet. We'll do them both before we get to best bets right now. Gramco and Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, court, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0 takes care of your facial hair uh, and among other things. Uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40. Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4,000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. And you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with 
the ball toner with the ball deodorant. Keep you smelling good, looking good, and feeling good down in the nether regions. This complete performance package 4.0 will take care of everything for you, for all you guys out there. And it's courtesy of our good friends at Manscaped.com. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. And use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, it is time to wrap things up with my best bet for this weekend's games. Uh, You know what it's going to be. Cash multiple best bets with this very same bet throughout this series. And we're going right back to it tonight. Dallas, Seattle, over five and a half, minus 115. Uh, Best bet for me for game six, stars cracking over five and a half, minus 115. That's going to be my best bet here for this weekend's games. All right, that'll wrap it up. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it. Uh, And again, we'll be back Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern with our next edition of the Ice Guys. A reminder, the Ice Guys is normally live seven days a week, but not for the rest of the playoffs. But we're live Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern and Saturday at noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, uh, you can download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. Thanks to Kevin Beach and Alex B. Smith, who were with us earlier. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again on Monday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. Mm-hmm. <sighs>